You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. This episode is with Hannah Bronfman and her mom, Sherry Bronfman. And when they arrived for filming, Sherry saw the lights and the camera set up, and she was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was going to be filmed. I don't, you know, I'm not prepared to be on camera, but of course she looked perfect. She always looks immaculate. I have never seen her look anything less than fabulous. If you would like proof, you can see the photos and the video that I posted on Naked Beauty Planet. But it reminded me of a moment that came up when I interviewed my mom and my grandma for Naked Beauty about two years ago. I will put the full link to the episode in the description, but here's a snippet. My grandmother, her mother, grandmommy dressed you guys impeccably. Oh, yes. I know. I've seen pictures. pictures. But that you have to think about the time when blacks were judged by the way they looked. So you couldn't just roll into the store looking like you rolled out of bed. You had to go like, like, you know, your grandmother said with your Sunday best, but they always, that's the day when you would starch ribbon before yes. you tied on your hair. Yes. The socks wow. had lace on them. Yes. Your shoes were white, mm-hmm. you know, very yeah. white. If they were white, patent leather was sparkling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the dresses were ironed with starch, with Argo and, starch. In fact, today I had on, early this morning, I had on a pair of shoes and I said, wow, I didn't, I didn't even clean those shoes. Yeah. Even now, you you don't think about mm-hmm. polishing your shoes. But I grew up in an era where you polish your shoes wow. before you walked out. And I looked down at my shoes and I said, oh, even these I have on now, I should have taken a wet cloth and wiped them off. They look, they look <laughs> fine. They look fine. You have on a pair of melon, patent <laughs> leather But I could have wiped them off. Okay. Okay. Right. Grandmommy would be proud. <laughs> So you can hear this emphasis on being put together as a common theme. And it's one of the things that Hannah actually said she learned from her mom. And yes, it's 2019. It's a totally different era and there are totally different politics that inform the way that we dress. But I still think that there's a true power that comes from being put together, just showing the extra effort to self-present in a way that you can be proud of. Even when I'm running down to Walgreens to buy something, I really do try to make sure that I'm not in like an old stained t-shirt or leggings with a hole in the back. All of that really impacts your self-image. So this emphasis on Putting your best foot forward is a big takeaway from this episode, along with many other gems. And Hannah, Hannah has been an early supporter of Naked Beauty. I interviewed her over a year ago, and I couldn't be happier for her and all of her success with Do What Feels Good, which is her fabulous book I highly recommend, and beyond. I'll link to that episode, too. It's called Behind the Highlights Reel. And we get just get into her backstory and how we know each other and all of the hard work she puts into being her best self. 
So grateful to Hannah for coming back on Naked Beauty and sharing your amazing mom with all of us. And as always, I love hearing your feedback. I love hearing the moments of the podcast that are jumping out at you. So add screenshots to stories. You can DM me. I'm at Naked Beauty Planet. That's the community where we all talk about the episodes. But if you want to reach out to me as well, I'm at Brooke DeVard. So much love. Enjoy. Thank you guys so much for listening. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So on top of your kids all being very accomplished, they're also really nice, down-to-earth, gracious people. Yes. I yes. appreciate that. Thanks well, for thank that. you very That's much. True. Well, you've known us for a long time. I and know. And so you know yeah. the truth of that. And uh, I was raised in Chicago, you know, noticing when you're growing up the things that I liked and the things I did not like and making a pledge as to how I would treat people or, you know, it's like attempt to treat mm-hmm. people. It was eye-opening on so many levels. And with that, I, I knew that the children had to understand both sides of their culture. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of volunteer work at the Schomburg. It's definitely paid off. And in this past year, you've seen your daughter become an author. Yes. I want to hear, Hannah, what so it was like for excited. you, but I want to hear what it was like for you to, to just watch her go through writing a book, publishing it, doing the book signings, doing the book tours, like... <laughs> It's it's absolutely amazing, and I'm so excited for her as as this unique young woman. And uh, of course, it's it's holding back the tears every time I Aww. attend one of her events, because I still see her as very often mothers do mm-hmm. when they look at their beautiful children, they see them as the babies that they once were. Aww. And when your child is is fortunate enough to be fulfilling dreams Mm -hmm. that the parent held for them. Mm. It's amazing. And it's very emotional. When she said, mommy, I'm writing a book. I didn't doubt it for one moment. And I felt like she was following through on many levels as a young girl when when she was beginning to think about where she would want to work for the summer mm-hmm. you know when you did those summer interns oh, yeah. we, we interned at Ralph yeah. Lauren together yeah mm-hmm. yeah so when you were doing those um uh, internships she at one point said oh you know and I really want to work at Vogue and I said no 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 
I said, uh, Vogue is really fabulous. I said, but um, we have to think about how I'm trying to raise you here. I said, you can see all these old magazines that I, you know, have subscribed to. Yeah. Oprah's on the cover of those magazines. Yeah, you can you be know. on the cover. I want you to yes. think in terms of having your own. Mm. And uh, I don't know if on that day she paid attention, but here she is. That's really And deep. so it's exciting for so many reasons. Hannah, you've been on this crazy book tour for Do What Feels Good. How long have, how long have you been doing this? Like since December? It's Yeah. So since December, and what are we in April right yeah. now? So it's been about five months and I can like see the end and I'm very excited. Although it's been like the most surreal, amazing experience. Yeah. Like I think for me, the craziest part about the book tour itself is been meeting the people in other yes. cities and and actually seeing the people that come out to these events, right? Who, like, who are they? What are they like? They are smart, yeah. beautiful, diverse mm. women between the ages of 18 and 60. Wow. I mean, when, that's when amazing. I, when I tell you that I had a girl who is 19 come to an event and a girl and a woman who brought her daughter who was 18 to the yeah. event, you know, I'm like, oh my God. And it's, I've never, when everyone, you know, we work in digital and everyone talks about who's your audience, who's yep. your audience. And I could have never imagined that it would be mothers and daughters alike, right? Mm. I just, and I, and I can't believe also how educated these women <laughs> yeah. are. I mean, these are smart, smart, yeah. smart women. And I am just so grateful that that is the type of person that is like, you know, who's down with me, you know, yeah. like that it's, it's so, you know, it's nerve wracking going to these cities that, you know, I'm not sure if anyone's going to show up. Right. I have no idea. Right. You know, I'm not at a position. I'm not, obviously I'm no Michelle Obama, but like, it's not like these are ticketed paid for events right. where, you know, you're going to be seeing 500 people, right. right? Like it could be anywhere from literally, I don't know, maybe what if 15 people come out, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, luckily there's been better turnout than that. Um, and I've had, you know, rooms packed to almost 200 people. I know, I've seen pictures. Which has been like so yeah. amazing. The other thing that I always see is that people will post, they'll say she's just as sweet and kind and beautiful as she is, you know, on Instagram in real life. And it's probably really nice for them to just like understand your personality and your essence and that it's not just like a facade. It's not just an image. Like you are this person. <laughs> You know what's crazy is that a lot of these people, they they really, they really do feel like we're friends because I answer their DMs yeah. and we chat and like, you know, they're they're asking me things and I'm sending them links and whatever. And so a lot of people, they're like, they'll come out and they'll be like, I'm, and then they'll say their handle. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh my oh God, my God. Yeah. Like, we've been chatting for so long, yeah. like, you know? And so it is, it is kind of crazy. You know, we just mentioned that we are the generation that grew up with cell phones yeah. and, you know, we were the first generation to access social media. And it's crazy to think, a lot of people say to me like, well, how did you know, or how did you start doing this? And it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's something that has become like so intuitive mm -hmm. and, and the relationships that I've cultivated on this platform have become really realistic. And yeah. so it's just been so gratifying and rewarding and humbling to meet these people in, yeah. in real life. And I mean, I'm definitely ready for a little bit of a break. It's but like, yeah. I look at your Instagram stories and I'm like tired on your behalf. I'm just like, and you're always smiling and happy to be there, but I'm like, I would be ready for a nap. Trust me. Sometimes I'm like, I, if you could only understand what's going on behind these eyes, <laughs> you know? So much of what we learn about beauty comes from our mothers, right? 
Mm-hmm. So much about the way we live our life comes from our mothers. And I think about my mom. She's like Miss Corporate America. She was always in marketing. And now I have a career in marketing. And I guess Hannah would be described as like an it girl. I don't like that term. Neither do I. But Sherry, in your day, you were kind of like the it girl of your day, right? I mean, you were like photographed and out and about. You had this amazing career. You were on Broadway. You were in movies. Do you feel like, and I guess Hannah, from your perspective, do you feel like watching your mom be this really glamorous, kind of like iconic person influenced you? And maybe even subconsciously. I definitely do feel that her... The, her path and her path that that she made so uniquely to her upbringing mm-hmm. and her like breakout status of leaving home behind and like doing her and yeah. like putting her first yes has definitely influenced the way I think and move throughout yes. my career absolutely for sure. my mom has always kind of created the opportunities for herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she always kind of, like, I'll never forget a story she told me when I was really little about, you know, she was in Chicago and there was this um, kind of like after school TV show, like American bandstand type of like dance show. And in order to be in the front line of that show, you needed to have fan mail. And the producers needed to know that you were popular enough yeah. that you'd be, you'd, you know, that you could make the cut for the first line. So, you know, obviously, by the way, in, without social media, I don't know how people even understand who people are. <laughs> so think about that, right? I know. And then, so what, what Peaches would do was she would actually write her own fan mail, send it to the producer's office and have it from different names, different stamps, all the things. So she, so she would get put in that first line because they thought she was the most popular and she was writing her own yeah. fan mail. So if that doesn't like go to show yes. like, the ambition <laughs> yes. and creating Love your it. own, you know, your own road, like, I don't know what does. So <laughs> it's not, like I come, I really do come from like a family of hustlers and yeah. um it's like you just whatever your hustle is, you just got to own it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when you were first on this podcast when you shared about the assistant that you created. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. You've got to like I guess fake it till you make it. Right. Now, Sherry, let's get into your background. Okay. You were in Hello Dolly. Yes. Cab Calloway. I mean, like this. I guess for people listening, just historically, context-wise, this is like so legendary, iconic. Late '60s, New York City. You're this Broadway star. I mean. If you had Instagram at the time, I can't even imagine. Okay, so first of all, I think that it's important for you to know that my coming to New York, I came on the Greyhound bus. Okay, and from Chicago. From Chicago. I wanted, to, I wanted to dance with Alvin Ailey. I have been pen pals. Pen pals, for those of you who do not know, is when <laughs> you actually write letters <laughs> to people. And so I had a pen pal, and my pen pal was uh, Lester Wilson, who was a lead dancer in Alvin Ailey. They were having auditions, and he said, you know, he wrote, and he said, okay, you should come to New York and uh, audition. And so I did. I didn't get it. I uh, then cried on the bus out loud, (laughs) the ugly cry, affirming why I was not going back to Chicago and I was going to find the right thing for myself here. From there, for two years, I worked in check rooms or whatever to make money and did little tiny shows and showcases and everything. And then I got an audition for uh, Hello, Dolly uh, on Broadway starring Pearl Bailey and Cab Calloway. When I auditioned, 
the um, choreographer and the director said, do you realize how prepared you are for this? And I said, no. And they said, well, you are, and this is what we're going to do. So they said the part of Minnie Faye, which was the third female lead, has already been cast by uh, Chris Calloway, Cap Calloway's daughter. After six months, she eloped with Hugh Masekela. Opening. Instead of them putting her, um, her understudy on, they put me on. Wow. So it was in my contract. So that understudy that was if, pissed, by the way. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. And, and so it was in my contract that that would happen, but I wasn't allowed to tell anyone that that was in my contract, I that if she ever left, I would go into the part. I mean, who knew that she would leave? I mean, why would you yeah. leave? And But love called her. And, <laughs> that happens. And then who would think that, there would not be at least a day of rehearsal or something, but there was no day of rehearsal. And you just, they just you went me, right they in. Just, yeah, they just put me right on the stage. I oh was just God. right in. While I was in Hello Dolly and I was playing the part of Ermengarde, I was looking for an apartment. So it was right and after you got to New York. Yeah, it was a couple of years, basically. Growing up, obviously, with a mom who's like, you know, extremely connected in the Black community in New York City, it's like, I fully grew up well aware what black and successful looked like. Mm, That's very important. And that was my, but that was my like truth. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I feel very privileged for that because I know how many people grew up not understanding that. Right. Or only seeing it on television. Yes. Right. Exactly. And, and it was very, very important that, that the children understood not just as a gloss over, but with depth. Yes. And, and or as one might say with feeling. I had a cross section of friends in terms of ethnicity, in terms of uh, financial wealth, in terms of education, but they were all trying to do something. Yeah, all creative. And all creative and, yeah. and trying to do something mm-hmm. with their lives. It was not easy raising three children as a single mom in New York. And a predominantly and white environment. Yes. Yeah. And and I also knew and recognized immediately with the school system that um as fine as those schools were, they were not equipped to prepare my children totally for the world that they had to live in once they stepped outside Mm -hmm. of that school. How did you, as you were raising daughters, teach them that they were beautiful and teach them I used a lot of dance. I used a lot of dance because I wanted them, I did not want them to have any issues revolving around their bodies that were coming from home. I wanted them to understand that anything, any issues that came to them from the outside were really coming from mm-hmm. the outside mm-hmm. and, and that, um, what they were feeling on the inside could be emotionally affected, but I did not want that to take hold yes. in a particular way. Hannah, I had to put her in Alvin Ailey because um, after watching In Living Color three times, she knew all the steps and I thought, <laughs> okay, she needs something else. It was very important 
then um, that the girls understood, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, what their bodies, because when you're little, you know what, no one knows what you're going to grow into. Yes. You know, when you start getting your curves and, you know, it's like, and when you start developing, mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted the girls to be able to embrace themselves. Yes. And that's very challenging because Hannah ended up at um, a ballet school after leaving Ailey where that whole theory of being thin yes. um, was- Eating disorders are so common yeah, amongst and I didn't, dancers. And I didn't yeah. want her to have an eating disorder. Yep. And so um, when she did not want to go any longer, I did not force her. Yeah, good. And um, Vanessa, on the other hand, said, you don't have to worry about me having an de- eating disorder. I don't like throwing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, you know, there, there, you know, there's the simplicity that's mm-hmm. attached to it yep. as well as the complexity that's attached yes. to it. And the seriousness that goes along with it. And while it's something that goes straight across the board with females, it it was something that I did not want to have take hold yes. with these beautiful girls of color, of these beautiful black girls, yes. my African-American angels, mm-hmm. you know, my little princesses, Aww. you know. And Hannah, growing up, did you feel beautiful? You know what? I... I really did. I'm not going to lie. I had no short of self-confidence. Like, I don't know what, like, I really don't, I really was born with it. Like, (laughs) it's really crazy. Like, people are like, oh, you're so confident. Like, where did it come from? I'm like, honestly, like, I have no idea. Like, I used to wake up every morning and say, like, I'm awakey. I'm awakey. I'm awakey. And then later she'd say, Oh, I love my life. Literally. Aww. When I would wake up. She would wake up and say, I love, love my, my life. life. What kids? <laughs> I mean, literally. So I, I really did have a, a confidence that I was kind of born with that I feel very lucky yes. to have because I see what it's like to have low self-esteem mm-hmm. and I see how hard it is to yeah. overcome. And now more than ever, you know, you have so many things that are challenging yeah. you every single day, questioning your self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am very grateful the fact that I I really, I was born with it, but my mom enhanced it and I used that to like thrive yes. and grow. Um, and I really, I never really felt the pressures that were put upon me, mm-hmm. like they were around me for sure. I just kind of never really gave into them. And I think that sense of resilience, again, was kind of instilled in me. I want to say I was born with it, but that resilience was really instilled with me mm-hmm. through my mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, she talks about stories about, you know, wanting to be on the cheerleading squad in the South Side of Chicago when it was very much segregated situation. We were called blockbusters. The black people were moving in, the white people were moving out. And so uh, the school was still a predominantly white school. Mm -hmm. I I would have to be honest and say that I was always treated well in the schools. And they allowed me to uh, use my leadership qualities. As I became an adult in life, I, I understood what had happened. You guys probably have this in common, but decades apart. So when you were a young woman and you were going into like hair and makeup chairs, you probably had people that didn't necessarily know how to do like your glam. And then Hannah, I'm curious if that happens to you now as you have different people doing your hair and makeup and how each of you 
have approached it. Ooh. Okay, so so what happened with me is that I went to a charm school, Cleo Johnson School of Modeling wow. and Charm. Okay, well, and where was this? On the south side of Chicago. Amazing. <laughs> it's oh, like so. Um, on West, it was East Forty Seventh Street, and it was it was fabulous, you know. And while in high school, I taught there, and uh, I even had keys to open up and set everything up. And I taught dance movement, and I actually did a radio show that she used to do. They they had a housewives breakfast party that they did out of um, like a democratic something, something, something building. And the women would come on Saturday mornings all dressed up with hats and everything. And they would have um, people speak that were political. And then they would have people from the community speak, maybe a reverend would speak and, um, whatever, um, organizations would, you know, give their schedule. And, um, the, while the women were eating breakfast and I would do five minutes of exercising over the air with peaches. And so I would do exercise. This is in foreshadowing. I mean, it's all of the similarities. It's It's really amazing. Yeah. So I would do ex. You know, it's really crazy. How do you do exercising with audio only? Okay. Well, what I would do (laughs) is I'd have I'd have a chair and and I'd have on my little leotard and tights and stuff, and the audience could see what I was doing, but then I would speak. And let the Listeners. listening audience know exactly what I was doing. And I would give them instructions on what to do and how to do it very precisely. Okay. So go into your hair and makeup. So with hair and makeup, uh, this is a funny story. The first time I wanted to buy, or, or I wanted to wear false eyelashes. And so I bought these eyelashes from Woolworths and they were, but they were made out of nylon or something. Okay. And so they were like really long. And I thought, oh, they're much too long for me to have on. So I'll just cut them down. Oh, no, did you cut like, your eyelashes? No, I cut the lashes. But when I cut them, I didn't realize oh, I was cutting straight. off all the curves. So they were straight. <laughs> And I kind of like a 60s mod look. And and I still put them on with the glue and everything. And I can remember sitting in the auditorium of my high school and and one of my friends sitting next to me, like staring at me, trying to figure out what the hell was going on with my eyelashes and me trying to act like they were real. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Everything's the same. (laughs) Wait, but mom, when you were in... When what? you were in Broadway, like, yeah. did you have hair and makeup people? Oh, no, and, no, no. Like, you did when your own. You had you did to, your I own. had to do my own makeup. Okay. That's probably so, better. Yeah, so I learned how to do makeup at an early age, and um, and I learned how to mix colors because CoverGirl did not have a color that was yeah. for dark brown skin. And I learned how to go to the places where people who were in quote-unquote show business bought their makeup. So Max Factor was the leading company for a diverse range of skin colors. Mm-hmm. And I used and you could mix with with a water on your sponge. And mm. so I used a lot of that. That's what I used. And um, so I learned at an early age, you know, it's like how to apply my makeup, how to make it look natural. Yes. And I was always in the magazines, you know, it's like trying to get, you know, like understand what image was yes. without having explained. Uh, my lips are very full. 
And um, and as a child, I was ridiculed endlessly for them. Oh my them. gosh! And that people like, spend so much money just. I, to have I mean, lips like I this. cannot even believe it. It's like I can't tell you the tears, right. and um, and the pain. You know, it's like because when someone is is you know making fun of you and mocking you, right. and and saying very unkind things about you know any aspect of your body, which was another reason why I didn't want the girls to go through that. You right. know, it's like um, I. I I had a, a particular consciousness with my son, mm-hmm. but it's especially harmful for girls. Of course. And so meanwhile, I remember the first time a girl ever told me that my lips were DSL and that yeah. she was so jealous. And I was 13. And I was like, what's that? Oh, really? Do you know what that is? No. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't know if I want to say it in front of your mom. <laughs> okay. So you'll tell me later. later. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think he, I think the listeners know what DSL means. Um, I don't know what that means. Hannah, when you go when you go and do hair and makeup, you have different people. Yeah. And you get to work with some of like the best, best, best people in the business, like Nikki Nelms. I mean, a lot of the people yeah. know what they're doing. They totally. Know, Nikki Nelms. Ha- hair. Yeah. Takesha, Corey. Bob Scott. I mean, I, yeah. I I do try to work with people of color for my hair and makeup. Um, something that I actually am like, you know, I do Glam Squad all the time. Yeah. And something that I find very frustrating is that I don't have an option to- You can't pick a black person? I can't choose to have my hair styled naturally. Really? The only options are blowout, updo, mm. a braid, or like- something like super fancy. Yeah, there's no twist out option. There's no twist out or yeah. curl out. Like there's yeah. no, you know, yeah. there's no option like that, which I only recently, because my hair journey has been real and I've been trying to wear my hair more natural. I love your hair curly. Thank you. I love it curly as well. It's taken me a long time um, to get there, mm-hmm. but that's also because I also shaved my head when I was 20 and was dealing with a grow out that was not cute. And, you know, that process yeah. is super scarring and like very, you know, I, I didn't think I had the face that could carry a short curly hair, you know? You so do. it's like, yeah. there's a, there were, there were a lot of phases, but now, you know, I'm, I'm like, I want that access and yeah. I don't have that. So I am really fortunate to work with people, um, who get it and who are, appreciative of also the fact that I'd like to like, you know, push a few boundaries. Like I'm always, I'm adventurous when it comes to hair and makeup. Like Mm -hmm. I'm always down to try a look, even though my day-to-day makeup is super minimal. I mean, I came over tonight. I wasn't even wearing makeup. I had to like put, I had to zhuzh a little bit before (laughs) I knew there were, you know, lights, camera action over here. Yeah. I didn't know that you were. Meanwhile, you look literally Perfect. And you were like, oh, oh I didn't you. know this was going to be on yes, camera. She, by the way, like, she's talking about Sherry, every day. by the way. Yes. This is Sherry every single day. And I'm not going to lie. I'll never – I remember one of my earliest, um, you know, memories of makeup is my mom taking me to the counter at Bloomingdale's <laughs> to buy – what's the brand in the pink compact? Oh, Fashion Fair. Okay, Fashion <laughs> Fair. Let me tell you. Fashion Fair, I don't know. They definitely have died. No one's ever heard of Fashion yeah. Fair. Well, they, they've just, they just closed within the last year. No, Mom. And they I've have been, not been around for a decade. Yes, they have <laughs> Come been. Come on. When Fashion Fair came out, I was so happy. Because all even I remember is that they, they went from pink to green. No, no. They went from a pink compact to a brown compact. Where was the green compact? Oh, uh, that was probably... I don't know. It might have been Estee Lauder Shadow, but it wasn't foundation. (laughs) Okay. Well, the pink compact. How old were you at this point? Five. 
Yeah, okay. I'm five at the at the at the beauty counter <laughs> watching my mom pick out, but she didn't even pick out the shade. Like she knew the shade. I, I knew all the shades. But she'd still spend an hour there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was literally so my my earliest memories is going, you know, going to Bloomies, my mom knowing exactly what she wanted to buy, but still spending an hour at the counter, just like talking and like just playing with shadows, yeah. playing with this with different lip colors, even though she always bought the exact same <laughs> lip color. But you just she, have to know what's she, out. She always yeah. bought the same perfume, but still sampled the perfumes for an hour. So I kind <laughs> of like, I feel like I almost, you know, like it's funny because I watch Miss Maisel. Yes. And so, you know, Miss Maisel is like, you know, you know, working at the Revlon counter and I feel like I grew up in at the beauty counter yeah you know even though it's not like she liked variety she didn't like variety she liked exactly what she liked and she had that the experience the experience let me tell you even when she wasn't when she still had a full compact she'd still buy another compact so so we wouldn't run out oh but you what? still had a full compact at home. Get so, a right, right. For whenever the company is going to go out of business, which now fast forward like thirty years, the company's now got out of business. I yes, bet you but still I have do, I do. some more. I bet yes, you and do. I'm trying to figure out how old does makeup have to be before you can't use it. Well, you know what they say about you know toxic skincare; it's just toxic forever. So true, right? Yeah. So I'm sure it's lasting you a while. <laughs> so it's like and that's why you know it's important to drink a lot of water. Exactly. But let me just say this because it's very important. When when I was modeling in, in New York, it's like most of us would go to a job with our own foundation on. If we were, if we were, if we were, whether it was a print or um, a print ad or a um, commercial, unless it was for Essence Magazine or, or uh, Ebony Magazine. Mm. Um, if it was for an ad that was going into Ebony or Essence, um, then they might or very often would have um, an African-American um, makeup artist and hairstylist. But we traveled with uh, body suits that were uh, close to our skin color that we used to dye with tea. Mm. We, we, um, wow. we, we carried um, a variety of wigs and hair pieces, and and we had our own um, makeup, lipstick, blush, etc. Because it was very important. Uh, when I went to the Goodman Theater and majored in acting, they taught us how to apply makeup for different characters. So I really learned like how to make my face into a cat. You know, it's yeah. like you know. So there were those extremes of the of the learning, yeah, yeah, the artistry of it, and and it's really an incredible, um, 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 you know, it's like um, craft yes. uh, of its own. It's amazing, and and um, it was it was challenging for those of us uh, working in the industry. You know, it's like um, um, making sure that we we looked the part that our skin color was our skin color yes. and, um, and, and the rich, beautiful tones of our skin, you know, making sure that, uh, the undertones were not hidden. Our true beauty really shined. It was, it was able to, to glow and come through. And, and if you, if you go and, and, or if you're able to look in old, um, magazines, you can see, you know, it's like for, which I know you have already, um, you know, the, the variety of skin tones and, um, the variety of, um, looks. And what was also amazing is that 
the women hadn't had any work done. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's like a totally, I mean, there, there was like maybe one or two girls that had done anything. The rest of them hadn't had any work done. I mean, these were girls coming from all over the country that were just absolutely beautiful. Wait, tell Brooke also quickly about like how you used to, what you would do with your hair when you would have blowouts and like that trick that you had with the beer. My aunt had a beauty salon and I worked there as a manicurist of four. What job did she not? Yeah, like literally. You got to work, you know, it's like, and so, and so I had to read all the stuff about nails and the nail bed. And and you love nail art. Yeah. So so she had me in the salon, you know, huffing fumes (laughs) while she got her acrylics on again at age five. But you were, you were begging to go. Yeah, sure. It's like you were. Now put a mask on. It's like I, I I would really get out fast or sit near the door where it was open. <laughs> so yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, keep going. So with the hair. so anyway, um, setting your hair, you know, back in the day on the big rollers. Yeah. You know, and and we all had those dryers that had the bonnets. You know, yeah. in our in home hair dryers, but um, setting your hair with um, beer was uh, one of the trends because it would come out crispy. And the curls were like really terrific and would last. And the alcohol would, you know, like evaporate. And so she used to pour like Paps Blue Ribbon, right? Yeah, Paps, Paps Blue Ribbon. All or, over her hair. Or Miller was, Highlight. While she or, was setting her hair. Have you her, tried this? I have not because <laughs> honestly, I haven't gotten a, like a, you know, like a curler set yeah, in, a in a long, long time. time. I yeah. mean, I mean, I used to do that religiously every Friday of seventh grade, Aww. bar mitzvah season. Oh my gosh, bar mitzvah ready. season. Yeah, yeah. bar mitzvah ready. Um, so I haven't done, uh, you know, something like that in a while, but... But it was it was really an uh, interesting time, you know, in terms. And once we started wearing our afros, like I mean, they didn't just like appear. So how long did it take for you to like set I used your to, afro? I used to set it on rollers, and and then um, and then sometimes I would braid it halfway, and then set roll it oh, so that you'd have the crinkles oh, and then wow. the curls. And so it was like really amazing. How did you sleep on it? Halfway sitting up. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of pillows do for beauty yeah which ends up being really great because you know when you sleep on your face now they're talking about you get wrinkles well we all know that clearly you must be sleeping sitting up for the rest I, I of your life do. because yeah thank you amazing you look amazing, yeah. you look amazing. You You're, i feel like you were so ageless you know thank like i don't you. even think associated in age with you thank you and well i i tell the girls when it's time i say is it time do i need anything done yet and they're like mom get out of me out that, of my face okay that's and also like, when you're looking at me and you're seeing me scowl and you're seeing my lines that you're like do i need anything done and i'm like that's so rude <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, have you been tempted though because i feel like so many girls like starting at 25 they're getting yeah. stuff done and there's this whole thing about preventative botox which i'm I guess I understand it kind of like you do it so the wrinkles don't form. I I mean, I understand the preventative Botox, but I think the fillers and the lip injections and everything, like, I just think it's too much. And again, you know, even if you look at like, you know, 
girls who are 18 in Korea, you know, their yeah. parents are giving them these eye lift surgeries as graduation presents. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is like something that is like an yeah. epidemic that is happening across the globe. Totally. In terms it's of, global. Yeah, yeah. In terms of what people, the status the ste- that people are the saying. The standards of beauty. And how yeah. beauty apparently affects your success in life. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my mom has always been an advocate to say that she was beautiful, even though she looked different. I looked different. I was beautiful. Like you don't need to like give into the standards of beauty, which I talk a lot about now, obviously. Um, But that's also because I, and I talk about this a little bit um, or not a little bit. I talk about this a lot, but like, I feel like not that I'm really a first-generation mixed kid, but I'm a first-generation mixed kid in social media, right? So we're yeah, the first, wow, like, generation that has a spotlight on us. And we've never really had the opportunity to speak for ourselves, but rather we're always reactionary, right? We're always yeah. reacting to yeah. how someone else views us or mm. sees us. And I get a lot of comments and a, and a lot of people who say to me, like, A, you know, you're giving you know, girls, brown girls, a voice everywhere. But on the flip side, I get a lot of people who are like, oh, you're just turning it on here or there. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like, what, as, what if, like by that? As, as if like I'm choosing when to like be, be black. black, right? As if that's an option that I'm given with, right? <laughs> but it's, that's, yeah, that's right, your right. 365. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's an interesting thing to always be on the reaction because someone always has an opinion. Yep. And being light-skinned, you know, it's like, I feel like you've told me so much about, you know, your grandparents who, you know, were on the lighter side and, or your grandpa. Great-grandpa. Great-grandpa. And, you know, the implications that Mm. come with that. And, um, you know, again, you know, she mentioned in the beginning, like, raising us to know our two cultures. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's not easy. It's not easy to understand that you come from two cultures that ultimately, if we go far enough down our personal line, Mm -hmm. it's like I come from, you know, almost like slaves and slave owners, Mm -hmm. which is like a a very hard Mm, and harsh reality to come to terms with. And by the way, I didn't choose that. Right. So like exactly. It's a lot. Yes. Which is which is why I was um very very um how do I say this? Um it was it's beyond concerned. Um I think that it was I it was my responsibility. Yeah, sure. It was my responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that you could know that one you're a human being. Two, it's very important for you to understand the responsibility of being a real human being, to have humanity, to have compassion, to mm-hmm. have empathy, and to understand where you fit into the global structure. Yes. You know, because because our world, I felt, was getting smaller. Mm-hmm. And so that your world was not going to be the the six girls that you were in school with or the... 15 mm-hmm. girls that you were on the swim team with, yep. that your life was going to end up being bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you needed to understand clearly where you could fit in mm-hmm. to that world that's out there. Mm-hmm. 
And and when I traveled with them, I would always take a dress-up outfit. And uh, so that whenever, wherever we went, one night when we went on vacation, when we we go out somewhere dressed up. We go to a nice restaurant where you had to look nice, mm-hmm. be you know dressed up, mm-hmm. and and then the rest of the time we went to. Yeah, mommy, you had us dressed up on the plane. <laughs> yeah, well, I did dress you up on the plane. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, and and one time I took you to Chicago on the train, and and I dressed you all up to eat in the dining room yeah. on the train. I think yes. that there's like a big self esteem thing there in terms of just looking and self-presenting in a way that you can be proud of. Yes. I know personally for me, there are times where I'm like, I really hope to God I don't run into anyone right now because yeah. I am in sweat. Like I look awful. Yeah, but same. I think I think there's a lot of power in actually never putting yourself in that position, right? To always self-present in a way where you yeah. can be proud and whoever you see, you're... Exactly. My mom literally remembers her entire history through her wardrobe. <laughs> no, amazing. Like you could say, yeah. where were you on this day? She goes, I don't know what that day is. But let me think, oh, I was wearing this outfit. Oh, and then I met this person because he commented on <laughs> the print of my, and then the stitch. And I'm like, oh my God, what are we, like, what, what was even, where are we going with this? <laughs> Hannah, have you gotten used to being recognized everywhere? Um, first of all, I'm not recognized everywhere. Okay. But you're recognized a lot. Like, do you get used to it? You know, I don't get used to it, but there are certain moments where I, I kind of like, I, it's a like a tickle moment or something, Yeah, you know, like I kind of like pinch myself because yeah. like, let's say the other day I was on a, I was getting on a plane and I was sitting in first class, but it was a small plane. Like, you know what, like the type of plane where it's like two, two seats on one and one yeah. on the other. It was a really small plane. There was only like four things in first class. So it's not like a real first class, yeah. but anyway, this guy was like, seemed like he was super annoyed with me because I was like on the phone, like whatever, whatever. He was like giving me like shit. (sighs) And then he was sitting in a row behind me and I got my, but I managed to like, he got on the, I was getting, oh, I was getting on the plane first. And so I got to put my bag in on the top before he did. And I was like adding fuel to the fire. I could just feel this guy getting super annoyed with me. And then out of nowhere, so he's sitting right behind me, out of nowhere, the, the stewardess, is like, oh my God, are you Hannah Bronfman? Like, da da da. It was so cute. Like, she was so sweet. And we like took a selfie. She like oh. leaned down, like took a selfie. And in that moment, I just thought to myself, to the guy behind like, I me, hope I was like, this. I hope you saw this whole damn thing, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, it's funny because I feel like, you know, growing up and going to Spence, like I, I always kind of was not the underdog, but like the scapegoat. And like, I just felt like everything always fell on me. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if there's one thing. And that was one thing, one of the things I warned them. I yeah. said, I told them all, yeah. I said, you know, you're, you're the black kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to be careful. Somebody in the group has to have common sense. Right. I expect it to be you right. because when something goes down, yeah, they can all do you it, will be blamed. Get in trouble. Right. Yep. Yeah. So true. And that happened many a times. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, I was a very boisterous kid and I, you know, had a lot of leadership skills and blah, blah, blah. And I was showing them in all the wrong ways, apparently, to <laughs> the administration of my school. And, you know, my parents never, even my father, never made me feel 
feel bad for that. In fact, Mm. they always encourage that. And so when people doubted me, whether it be in high school, certainly never my parents, but whether it be my friend's parents or the administration or whoever, I always use that as fuel to my fire. And so in a moment where something like that happened, it's like a pinch me moment because I can't, I really can't believe, you know, it's, it's, and I'm so grateful for social media because then it it does go much, so much further and wider than I could have ever imagined. Um, but it certainly doesn't get old. It certainly is still shocking. Like someone almost like got in a car accident, pulling their car over today, being like, oh my God, Hannah, like your hair's out. You look so pretty. And I was (laughs) like, oh my God, like, thanks girl. Like you look great too. Like have a great day. Like, you know, it's super And you know what, you know what it is? It's super motivating. Like these types Mm. of things that just like make me realize that I'm not doing this for for myself. You know, I'm doing it for everyone else Mm. who also holds me accountable accountable. Um, and that's like, that's, some, that's the coolest part. So do it feels good. Love the book. I love all, like my favorite part of the book obviously is like all of the natural beauty recipes because for like years now I've been telling people like, you don't have to buy expensive yeah. stuff. Yeah. You can use what's in your kitchen. Yeah. And these treatments yes. are just as effective. It's not like, oh, if you don't have money, you can do this. Like, it's literally better than the totally. Most it's back to, back to the basics. Yes. What inspired you to put so much of that in the book? Because honestly, that was all the stuff that got me super hyped on wellness in general. Mm. Um, about all the types of DIY things I could be doing at home for myself. That's everything that I started out doing. Yeah. Right. It's only in the last four years that you've been watching me on Instagram, where I get to like be with these amazing, you know, facialists and trying all these treatments and all that stuff. But like. When I started out, I was like concocting all of these things in At my home. kitchen. Yeah. And that's what that's what the roots were of my entire kind of journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like, you know, for a lot of people who d- haven't been following me since the beginning, I wanted to write this book, A, to give a little context about why wellness. It's not something yes. that I just decided this yes. is for me, right? Yes. It's a very personal journey. Mm-hmm. But also to give people an idea about you know, it didn't all start with, you know, getting the microcurrent facials and, you know, having access to the Takeshas of the world. Like, you know, it was really about trying things out, figuring it out for myself, being a guinea pig and showcasing recipes that I was making at home. And, And that's kind of what the following, that's how the following grew. It was organic. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, showcasing workouts that I was doing. I wasn't necessarily working out with amazing, famous trainers and taking boutique fitness classes, which is like what you see me doing now. now yeah. But like, you know, this is 10 years later. Yeah. So I kind of just wanted to give people an idea of, of why, mm-hmm. what, and how. Yeah. And I feel like there are so many like tips and tricks and little things in the book that are just so practical that you can just integrate into your everyday life that don't cost money. Exactly. Because I think so much of wellness gets co-opted by this commercialism. It and it's like does. that's not really what totally. It's and it's about. by the way, it's also what I showcase on my Instagram, right? I'm fully aware that I am like showcasing that kind of that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that I was giving people an idea of where it all started. Yeah. Because it wasn't like this. Yeah. It know? comes across really well. 
Thank you. Was I the process that. Of, of writing and creating the book difficult? You know, it's been, it's actually, it was the easiest part about oh. the entire book situation. Okay. Can I tell you that, Hannah, when you were on the podcast last year, I asked you about planning a wedding and you were like, oh, it was, I was like, I was miserable. It was so hard. You're like, oh, it was great. Like, it was so chill. I was just like, this is the vibe. And then I had a great wedding. Now you're saying writing a book was like, no. Cakewalk? No, no, no. Okay. Let me ref- <laughs> let me just rephrase. Writing the book yeah. was the easiest part. Okay. Promoting the book has been the hardest yeah. hustle I've ever yeah. had yeah. to, to yeah. hit. Like it has been insane yeah. trying to, you know, pitch everyone or or have companies buy into what I'm selling, right? Mm. Like, hey, support me in this. Because otherwise, if I don't have a sponsor, yeah. if I don't have all these things, everything's coming out of pocket, right? Yeah. So it's a it's a crazy hustle that I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized that all of that stuff was up to me. Mm. And so, you know, right until about four weeks before the launch of the book. Wow. But she was ready for it. Yes. And you hustle. I mean, it's it's really amazing. And I think you obviously have a lot of privilege and you didn't have to hustle at all, right? You could have just, mm-hmm. you could have done a lot of other things with your with your life and you've decided to have this career and be really ambitious and really like push yourself to do it. Where do you think that comes from? I mean, you're looking at it. I mean, my mom and my dad were both examples of people who pushed the limit outside of what they were given. Um, you know, like even with my dad who grew up in a very privileged um, background and household, he decided to be like the crazy black sheep of the family and go into songwriting and and producing, and for producing. movies. And at one point, he was the youngest producer in the union. Well, that's crazy for a movie wow. called The Blockhouse. That's I didn't even know about that. Yeah, it's crazy. So you know what I mean, like. I, and at the same time, even my great grandfather, who afforded us this privilege that yep. we have, mm-hmm. he was an immigrant, and he came to to Canada and he created a whiskey company and started from scratch. You know, so like that level of like hustler comes from both lines of the family. Yeah. Like you've heard the stories of my mom creating the opportunities for herself, and with like perfect poise and grace, might I add, you know, like, you know, she's definitely been, and I just wanted to say this earlier, but like, you've always been the woman to say, you know, I won't ever be caught in public as like the angry black woman, right? We don't have time for that, right? So I don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. We're not going to fall into these stereotypes that people put out there for Mm -hmm, us, mm -hmm. but rather we're going to create and tell our own narrative with grace, poise, and a perfect complexion. Yes. Yes. It's, it's true. If you guys could tell me the three beauty either products or treatments that you absolutely love right now at the moment. It could be like a treatment that you get or a product that you really love. Well, I've always loved, uh, once I was introduced to acupuncture, which was after a, shall I say, ski incident and on crutches for three months, um, I started doing acupuncture. So I, I have, um, a thing about that. Um, I love Reiki. Um, that's like the energy healing massage. Yes. And, and, um, it's a gift from the universe. And, uh, there's also, uh, something called Jinsen Jitsu, uh, which is, which is amazing. So it's, uh, it's another, um, a technique that you can, um, do on yourself and and on others and what is it? it's uh it's uh, the energy um comes through through your hands okay. as in reiki um the um um or the 
I, I don't know, some people don't like to call it energy, but, you know, it's like for lack of a, a better term mm-hmm. that would be understood. Um, the, in, the inner workings of our bodies are uh, akin to the simplest way, a subway map. You know, it's like with all the veins and the organs and everything. So you might feel pain in your knee and uh, the train may be stopped at 42nd Street, but there may not be a problem at 42nd Street. The yeah. problem may be at um, in Union Queens, yeah, yeah, Union Square in Queens or something. And so you have to find out where the problem is. And our pulse points, like um, um, just like in acupressure or acupuncture, we have these pulse points all over the body. And with, with the pulse points, if you bring them back into alignment, mm-hmm. then in fact, Everything the flows. energy flows. Yeah. So uh, being in the flow. Is, is something that I think is very important. So, Using products that are natural. You know, I've yeah. always um, been an advocate for um, soaps that are natural or as natural as possible. Um, I love aloe vera gel. Ooh, same. It's like so. Um, what do you use it for? Everything. everything. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, I've been using aloe vera gel like on my skin forever. And it's especially good if you've been in the sun. Yes. And um, whether you think you've sunburned or not. I love body contour massages that are otherwise known as lymphatic massages. Oh, yes, that's excellent. But it's not really a lymphatic massage. Everyone, like, it, the world is confused right now on Instagram. They think that these lymphatic massages are like these like intense body yeah. contouring massages, but really it's a body con. Like the, the lymphatic system is is very light. Light, yeah. yeah. I've had a lymphatic massage and I was very underwhelmed. I was yes, like, I'm sure you were. Okay. You're, it's yeah. like light touching, yeah. very, yeah, very yeah. light. Yeah, you're like, like I don't uh, have to ever please. do this again. Yeah, you're like, stop taking <laughs> Tickling my arm. Yeah. Um, no, the but body contouring important. massages are very, um, they're amazing because they really do help get rid of all that extra water that you're holding on Where to. Where do you do it? Um, there are a few places that I go. Um, one is called IMD Beauty Spa. Um, a woman named Arani started like kind of that lymphatic arm of that place. She actually, I've known her for 10 years. She used to work with Tracy Piper, who is my colon therapist. Um, and she now has like a kind of On like 20 a 20 something. Street? Yeah. She's got like a yeah. little village of amazing she's, Brazilian she's really women good. who do lymphatic slash body contour. Wow. Um, she likes to say it's both cause she says she does two types of massage. She starts with the lymph, they get the lymph going mm-hmm. and then she does the body contour. So I do think you see that, a huge difference I, before and after. I do. I do. I see like, I'm fully like, like, I don't know, like. There's just a glow, a glow. But even if you look at like the size of my leg compared to the other leg, if one's done, one's not. I see you do that on Instagram. Yeah, and, and it's I'm like, like there's a huge difference. Like it's just they they work it out. Yeah. Do you feel a pressure to like capture your treatments as you're getting them because you know you have this audience that's so hungry for that content? It's like you can't deprive us. Like we want to see it, but then probably some days you're like, I just really want to relax and actually just enjoy my treatment. Yes and no. <laughs> Sometimes I'm getting these treatments yeah. only because I'm going to put them on my Instagram. Okay, so in that case, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Sure. But in sometimes, you know, it's funny because people sometimes will write me and be like, why aren't you just relaxing? And I'm like, I just showed you like a 30 second <laughs> yeah, clip out of like a full, but like out of a full 60 minute treatment. Like yeah. I'm not, not relaxing, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I'm honestly just so used to like showcasing and yeah. like, and we're grateful and I live for it too. Like yeah. I like, there are so many people that I like stalk their pages and 
you know, I just want to see it yeah. all. So I just feel like I got to give it to. I remember when I was asking you about like you and Brendan and your relationship and how you guys are like always capturing content and you're like, we live for it. Like we are at our happiest, like together in it an amazing place, like capturing content together. And does. that's why you guys it, are like made for you. I know. It really does make us feel good. Yeah. No, it's fun. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a way to experience the world. And I think it also shows like, it's like, you're not jaded, right? Like you're right. as excited as we, the viewers are when you're experiencing these things and sure. we feel your yeah. excitement. So it's. I've, I have not ever been in a situation where I've thought like, oh, like this is nothing or like, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, like I'm going to this place Soma Spa in two weeks. Have you been seeing these like gold leaf Yes, um, I don't facials. know. I feel like I'm not into this. Listen, I said, I, my girl Tamar who works with me, she's yeah. like, you know, they asked if you're going to do an Instagram. And I said, she said, I'm going to give them the spiel. I said, don't give them the spiel. <laughs> so I'm in it for the photo, girl. I'm in it for the photo. Get me to Soma. I want my gold facial photo. That's right. Yeah. No, I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I, it's like the, <laughs> I'm glad you approve. The, the, well, the other side of it is, is uh, my grandmother used to take photos of everything. Mm, you know, yes. it's like w- growing up, you know, it's like, and, and she would change her camera, you know, like as, yes. as they got better. But, you know, photos of everyone and everything, yeah, you know, everywhere that moment. she went to capture the moment. And I was fascinated by that. You know, it's like, and and even when we were, were modeling and they used Polaroids, you know, it's like to check the lights and the, and your hair and your makeup. Uh, it's like um, uh, that was an exciting moment because you get to take home a Polaroid with you. Yes, you know, it's like and and you'd have that Polaroid for months before the ad would come out right. or the or the layout was done. And now it's so different, you know. Now it's instant everything for the most part, and there's something about the joy of the moment. Yes, and when Capturing Eckhart, that. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle uh, writes about, you know, it's like the power of now yes. and living in the moment yes. and being in the moment. Yes. And I think that um, uh, enough people don't find joy in the moment. Yes. Even though we have all these things available to us. Absolutely. So there's something to be said about it. And we should understand that when we see something posted, that's that's not a whole day. Right. That's it's just, just a, moment. a moment. It's just a moment. Yes. Look at you. <laughs> Thank you. Hannah, any other beauty treatments or products that you love right now? Um, there's actually a, a serum that I'm loving called Pro Heal by IS Clinical. Oh, this is new for me. That I really, really like. What's in it? Um, I think it's a lot of vitamin C. Okay. Um, and it's, I I really like it. I feel like it not only helps kind of, it's like a daytime serum that helps with dark spots without being super, um, intense to the skin that like you feel like you're going to like fry if you go out in the yeah. sun because obviously like I wear SPF every day I'm of sure course. you do as of well of course yeah um especially because I suffer from hyperpigmentation so like I and definitely most women of color do yeah, yeah I slather on the SPF which so SPF that I do you use um so I really like SkinCeuticals yes I, I think they have stuff. a there's also a randomly a Korean brand which I know is not normally like you know Same. color melanin friendly, friendly. <laughs> totally yeah. but there's a brand called Eborian Okay. And they have this CC cream that has a 20 um, SPF that I was like, oh, this is never going to match my skin. I was shocked. Really? The caramel color. I mean, obviously it's called caramel. <laughs> um, but it it was literally, it, it's like yeah. a medium coverage 
BB cream. Don't need any other foundation. Like it's my summer go-to. Really? Yeah. It's interesting because I really like the super goop sunscreen, but I'm so turned off by the packaging because there's this blonde woman on. Do you know the like super goop woman who has like no? The blonde- I just don't like their font. I don't. Yeah, the font is very childish and yeah. like not sophisticated or sexy, but. It's just like you're marketing a sunscreen to everyone, but you have a blonde woman on the packaging. Know, yeah. It's like I already feel alienated right. and like this isn't for me. It works right. for me, but it's like right. I just wish brands would just be a little bit more conscious of like. I mean, don't yeah. we all? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. This is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you wear SPF, mom? Not all the time. That's, because a, no, that's a no, never. I know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I don't do well with moisturizers because I have oily skin. So you don't wear a moisturizer? So I usually don't put a moisturizer on I in the daytime. I also feel like your makeup, your foundation, which you live by, is very hydrated. Yeah, it's very dewy. Yes. It's not like one of these like caked on. No. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the what, what's the brand called? Fairfax? Fashion, Fashion Fair. Fair. Fashion Fair. Fair. Fashion it's the fair. fashion fair formula. You got to gotta get that formula and, and make it something new now. Yes. So that's an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, beauty, I, I, can, I can tell you one of the secrets that we used to use uh, in, re- in reference to zits. Uh, we would use uh, Philips Milk of Magnesia. Um, ah. Yeah. So Didn't um, we used to take baths in that? No, that was Epsom salt. No, I feel like you put like milk, Philips milk in our baths. No. Mm-mm. There, there, I might have put some milk in there a couple of times. <laughs> You're doing milk baths at five. Oh so lucky. You know, thinking about Cleopatra. Oh but, my God. You know, <laughs> the days of Egypt gone by. Okay, so what? We, you put it on your skin? You put it on your skin, yeah. Uh, you can give yourself like a facial with it. Oh. It still works. I wonder if it's like a lactic acid. Yeah, it probably is. You know, Looking it pulls everything out. Are. Yeah. I guess I'll start with you, Sherry. What is one thing you've learned about beauty from Hannah? And Hannah, what's one thing you've learned about beauty from your mom? Oh, that's really interesting. Um, I think I um, I would have to say um, it's all it's okay. Mm. You know, it's like I um, I can remember uh, not sharing with a lot of people what I was doing um, for maintenance Mm -hmm. and, or exploratory, Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, uh, the beauty industry. Um, what, what Hannah has, has shown is that, um, it's okay, Mm -hmm. you know, to show yourself getting acupuncture, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, and, um, the first time I took her to an acupuncture treatment, she screamed and ran out of the room. She didn't <laughs> like the needles in me. And I just, I couldn't move. So I was screaming, you know, don't leave the waiting room. Just wait in the waiting room. So, you know, the fact that that there's this openness about the possibilities, mm. I think um, um, I see beauty in so many people, you know, in so many faces and skin tones and it's just absolutely glorious, you know, and that was one of the things that I found beautiful in New York when I first got here, mm-hmm. and I still find wonderful and amazing in New York now. So I think for me, I would say what I've learned from my mom is that it's like, it's never too early to look fabulous. You know, whether you're going out to get the paper at 
8.30 a.m. or you're, you know, taking the kids to the school bus, the camp's mm-hmm. school bus in the morning, like, yeah. you look great. And I think that this was also part of her whole, you know, dress for success yeah. type of mentality, mm-hmm. which was, you know, and like when you used to date Miles Davis, which I'll just slide right in <laughs> there. Casual. Casual. You know, he wanted to buy her her furs and she was like, no, 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 I'll buy my own furs. Yes. And she would wear her fur. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. whether it's six in the morning and or it's, you know, or it's a night out on the town. But like it's, it's never having too, your own. Yeah, it's having your own. It's never too early. Of course, early they would put on layaway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the last thing I just want you to tell, Brooke, just can we end on this because we didn't touch upon it, and I was hoping we were going to touch upon it earlier when you were talking about your upbringing in Chicago. My mom got asked to be in a gang. Like a street gang? A street gang. Like the and Crips? I don't know what they were called, but I, I know that from I was on my way home from school. I'd been there kind of late, so the rest of the kids weren't on the street. I was about a block and a half from home. From out of nowhere came these girls that I did not know, and they told me that they had been watching me, and they wanted me to join their gang. And and so they were like, you know, kind of semi-circled around me, and I thought, oh, crap, what's going to happen to me? And then I said, oh, really? I said, well, I don't know. I don't know if I have time to join your gang. <laughs> I said, you know, I, I've got so many things that I'm doing. I got said, twirling you know, lessons. I said, yeah. I said, I said, you know, like I go to charm school. I said, and I teach there. I said, and, um, you know, I, I take extra, dance classes. I have extracurricular and, activities. Yeah, I have all these extracurricular activities after school. That's why I'm so late today. I said, and, you <laughs> and know. I'm going to have to. I said, and I would have to ask my mother. Oh, my God. And they looked at me like. They were already what like, just happened. They were like, girl, we don't need you in this game. <laughs> what? And they walked away from me and I never saw them again. Oh my gosh. That's how you combat any sort of negativity. Any negative energy. Right? Let me twirl on my haters. <laughs> Amazing. That's a perfect note to end on. Cheers, guys. Thank you Cheers. guys so much. I'm so Cheers. excited thank about you. this so Mother's Day episode. Happy Mother's Day. Love to your mom. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'll send love to my mom. Thank you guys so much. So fun. Hannah, are you ready to be a mom? I am. Yeah, you've got big big shoes to fill. I, I mean, like I know you've got I the do. best mom. I know I do. We should be the best mama yeah. peaches. Yeah. God forbid I use the word the G word. <laughs> oh, yeah. you don't go by G word. Oh, no, no, no. I could, oh, no, I could, no, no. I could calls me. I, he calls me I'm a peach. <laughs> Amazing, love that. A M M A peach. Yeah, and he called me grandma one day in Barnes and Noble in Brooklyn, and she I was... looked at him like he was a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know who I said, Excuse grandma me? is. I said, who are you talking to? I said, who's that? <laughs> and he was standing there looking at me. Like so confused. And I said, I said, what's my name? He said, um, I'm a peach. Aww. And I said, yes. And don't you ever forget it. And that's what you're always to call me. Never whatever that was you said before. <laughs> I said, now, what would you like? I said, can I get you? you let's go to the toy department. Oh because my I was God. in the spiritual book department. <laughs> Oh my God. I said, let's go. And I did. I bought him whatever he wanted. Of course Aww. you did. Yeah. Emotional Love that. blackmail. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you.
wasn't that great. I just love talking to them. I love seeing their relationship. And now that you guys have listened to the full episode, call your mom. Maybe share this episode with her. And if you're not close with your mom, people have all types of relationships and types of circumstances. But I would encourage you to reach out to a woman who has helped shape who you are today. And just let them know that you appreciate them and what a strong role model they've been. Thank you all for all of the support and all of the love you show to Naked Beauty. If it's your first time listening, please make sure that you subscribe to the show. And if you love it, take the time to write a review on the Apple Podcast app. It really helps other people find the show, appreciate all of the love. And I will be back next week with more episodes. I've been recording a bunch of stuff. I'm really excited about what I have coming up. Thanks. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.